World's Finest Podcast, Episode 81. As always, I'm Michael Sims, and with me is James Doe. Sir, how are you? I'm fine, sir. Kind of moseying along, had a really rough work schedule, yeah. but I've uh, had a, I got myself a new MP3 player, I got myself a new car stereo, so those two things combined make me very <laughs> happy. I, I don't know what I'd do if I couldn't listen to my sports radio on the way to work. Lately, I've found myself following more and more sports. Sports were never my thing, but thanks to the World Cup, I've been watching ESPN like, just wherever, online or at, like, I've been going to a gym for a month or so now, and, like, I'll, I'll be watching it there, and, of course, I'm catching snippets of, like, football coverage, basketball coverage, when I say football, I mean American football coverage. Uh, oh, and there's the this, there's this guy, yeah, there's this guy you may have heard of called LeBron James, they kind of, they kind of cover him a little bit, but I, I just don't think they give him enough press. I, okay, you know what, sarcasm aside, I am sick of this shit. I know, you know, oh, he might be coming to Chicago. Big fucking deal. I mean, like, I, I don't I don't follow basketball. I never have. I've heard of LeBron, but I don't know how good he is. Is he worth all the, the coverage he's getting, all this fucking hype, all this just chatter? Uh, in my personal opinion, nobody is worth that much. But he is unquestionably the, the best player in the National Basketball Association. But that said, again... I. I am so fucking sick of this shit. Yeah. Just be, pick a team and be over with it. Yeah. Because I've got the the MLB All Star Game coming up Tuesday, and I'm I'm amped up for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm taking the day off of work just to watch oh, that. Oh. Okay, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me though. I'm shocked to find myself like really getting into the World Cup. You know, soccer. Sorry, guys, I'm going to call it soccer, has never really been my sport. But I'm watching this, and I'm like, this is kind of exciting. Um, I can't stand, what are they called, floppers or flapping or whatever. I I think that's what I've heard it referred to as. I fucking hate that. Like, oh, no, you ran past me. The breeze knocked me over. You broke my rib. Ah! You're not going to give him a red card? Oh, okay, I'll stand up and pretend like I wasn't just acting. Like, you know, I haven't seen a lot of that in the last couple of matches because now we're really getting into i mean we're getting into the nitty-gritty as we're recording this um you know we're recording this tuesday night the tuesday before this is supposed to go up so uh, the netherlands just beat uh uruguay and i didn't see any of that in there but to be fair i didn't catch the whole the whole match i got to see the last like 10 minutes of it because i was on my break that was that was a pretty exciting last five minutes or so wasn't it it was. It was pretty good. Yeah. I have to say. I mean, it would. What? What? Uh, was down three to one, and then they they get a goal at, at, like in the last couple of minutes, and then it's like, oh man, they keep pressing the goal and pressing the goal. I thought they were going to tie it up. I mean, I'm glad they didn't tie it up and then win because I don't like that shit that that one guy pulled with the handball. I thought that was totally unsportsmanlike. What he, you know, in the previous game. Are oh, you talking about where he he 
pretty much gave himself up. Yeah, he gave himself to... a red card to save his team. And I didn't like how one of the commentators I was listening to was like, you know, any any footballer would have done the same thing. And I'm like, that's fucking cheating. That is no, no, no self-respecting, you know, player would have done that. You know, and and then okay, fine, maybe. Maybe you could say it was an act of desperation. He just got fucked up in the head, and he did it. But it was his behavior afterwards that really pissed me off. You know, the way he was kind of gloating about it and shit. And it's like, you know what, I I can't put up with that. I absolutely cannot. So, yeah, I mean, I hate to be glad that an entire team didn't advance because of one player. But, you know, he's on your team. He's representing your country. So... I, I really got to say, you know, I am I am kind of glad that they didn't move forward. Sorry if we have any listeners from Uruguay out there, you know. <laughs> I'm rooting for Germany anyway because, well, yeah, I've got my grandmother's full-blown ah, German, okay. so. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a team I'm rooting for at this point. I'm just, I'm just enjoying the sport. Oh, uh, and thus ends soccer talk or football talk on Old Friends <laughs> podcast. There's a lot of people out there. Going, I could talk sports all day. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But there's a lot of people out there going, "We don't care." Get to the emails and get to the fucking cartoons. This football is not in continuity. <laughs> <laughs> you mean soccer? Hey, whatever you want to call it, football or soccer. You know. <laughs> all right. First one. I believe this is a text message. Uh, if not, it's a really short email, but it says, Hi guys, Kevin from Florida. On WFP episode 80, I heard you call Robin Dick. All this time, I thought he was Tim Drake. Well, as we'll find out today, he very clearly is Dick Grayson. Yeah, I mean, that's why, that's one of the things we've always said that if Teen Titans is in continuity, we've said it has to take place before Batman the Animated Series, which means it has to be Dick Grayson. And yes, there's a very clear reference to Dick Grayson in uh, one of the episodes we're going to be talking about, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, of course, the whole Nightwing thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's the whole thing, him becoming Nightwing, the whole uh, flirtatious relationship with Starfire. You know, there's so many, even if you didn't see his name on the screen as we do today, you know, there's so many other clues that it's Dick and not Tim or Jason or even Damien. Of course, this was years before Damien was created, but still, the point remains. Next one's from Joseph, writes, Hey, guys, I saw Jonah Hex in the A-Team. Josh Brolin will always be Jonah Hex, and Liam Neeson will always be Hannibal for me. The only thing missing was Mr. T doing a cameo in the movie. Uh, and what do you guys think of the new movie called Inception? Uh, first off, A-Team, I was I was going to see the Avatar, the, or the last Airbender movie the other day, and I was like, you know what, fuck this. I'm After reading all these shitty-ass reviews <laughs> of the movie... I'm going to see the A-Team instead, and frankly, I don't regret my decision, because the A-Team was fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, as long as the action is good in that movie, that's all I'm gonna, that's all I want out of it, is really good over-the-top action. The story could be shit, and I don't think I'd complain, you know, so, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't have the money to see that right now, but I hope I do catch it before it goes, gets out of the theater. Um, I mean, even my friend, my friend hates Liam Neeson for whatever hmm. reason. Uh, but even he said that ha- uh, his job as Hannibal was fantastic. Cool. Um, now, you know, Mr. T not being in the movie, not having a cameo, um, there was actually an article I, I read about this, um, like right when the movie came mm-hmm. out, and he basically said that he didn't, I think he said he was approached, um, that that part could be wrong, but he said he didn't want to do a cameo because, you know, he's he's a very Christian fellow, very much so. 
And he Very pacifistic, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. And you know, sure, the old program did have some violence, but you know, he knew in this day and age, the violence would be ramped up, and there'd be more sexual sexuality, more sexual innuendos, and he didn't want to be part of that. Um, so that's why we don't get a cameo from Mr. T. And uh, as far as Inception goes, mm. I I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to see that or not. I'm kind of leaning towards no, just because. I'm just not really overly interested in seeing it, yeah. but who knows, maybe. It looks good, and I know the basic idea behind it, but I want to know a little more about the plot before I decide if I'm going to plunk down my 10 bucks. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I, like I said, I know what it's about, but I just feel like I need to know a little bit more. P.S. I also saw the trailer to the new superhero movie called The Green Hornet, and Seth Rogen is going to play the superhero, so what do you guys think of this? I was excited for it until I saw the trailer, and the trailer looks like utter fucking shit. It looks terrible. Terrible. I am appalled at how bad it looks. Um, you know, previously, like, when it when it came to the trailer for Jonah Hex, you know, it was all like, oh, wait and see, the trailer, you know, it kind of brought my expectations down, but, you know, I'll still go see it, blah, 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 blah. I haven't seen it yet, but you know, I'll, I'll, eventually I'll rent it. I'm not going to end up seeing it in the theater. That's just the way it is. But you know, once it comes to the Red Box or Netflix, I, I'll definitely check Jonah Hex out. But the Green Hornet, based on that trailer I saw, no, no, my expectations went from "Oh my god, this is going to be awesome" to "I'm not going to see it." Period. I mean, they're going to have to. At this point, they're going to have to come up with just a brilliant trailer. One that just blows my mind out of the back of my skull to make me give a shit about it at this point. Yeah. Speaking as somebody who knows nothing about the Green Hornet character, um, what happened in the trailer? It looks just like a generic action film. It looks like complete vanilla. I can't even explain to you what's going on in it. it. The comedy is bad. The action is crap. The special effects are things we've seen a thousand times over, like bullet time and just that super slow-mo stuff. Um, his his reasoning for becoming a superhero is just like, oh, my dad died. I'm a superhero now. It, 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 yeah. It, it, ugh. <laughs> yeah, it does not look good at all. Sorry. All right, next one is from Brian, who writes, I find it kind of interesting to compare how a team member being gone affected different teams and how long has Forever Starfire's disappearance caused the Titans to pretty much give up and go their separate ways. However, in the Justice Lords universe, when the Flash was killed, it made them take things to a whole new level. Any thoughts on how things might have gone uh, differently if the alternate Flash had just disappeared instead of being killed or if Starfire had died instead of just being lost in time? Um... You know, that's, that's a really good question. I think if the alternate Flash had simply just disappeared, yeah, I don't think we would have ended up with the Justice Lords, you know? Um, I think the heroes would have thought that maybe he slipped into the Speed Force or something. But because they know he died at Luthor's hand, you know, Superman did what he did. Um, now, had Starfire clearly died instead of just falling into the time stream... I don't know. What do you think, James? I'm not entirely sure the Teen Titans would have become the Teen Tyrants. No, there's no way they would have. Yeah. I, although I, I can definitely see Raven 
being affected by this. As weird as that sounds, I think Raven would be affected more than anybody. Yeah, I mean, initially I think most people would want to say Robin because of the love affair that they clearly have, you know. But, yeah, uh, yeah I think you're right about Raven. But uh, keep, keep going along. Keep, keep you know, t- tell us why you think that. Uh, just because her she has to bottle up her emotions mm-hmm. 24-7. And when seeing one of her closest friends die... That, I just think that would push her over the edge to where she may even open the Trigon portal right then and oh, there. Yeah. Who, know, who knows? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying there. I mean, even though she doesn't show it that often or at all, I do think Starfire is her best friend. Um, I mean, it's. She's the only other girl there. Well, so. it's, it's not just that, it's that they shared that bonding moment uh, where, they, where their powers were switched. Mm-hmm. With the the pup, oh, was that Puppet King? Was that his name? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with him. You know, I think in that moment is when they really became best friends. Gender, you know, you could chuck that out the window. You know that I, I don't think that has too much to do with it. But uh, you know, I mean, all, you know, all the Titans care about her, and she clearly cares about them. But there, there's there's a bond there because of that moment they shared in that one episode. Yeah. And as for Fear Itself, maybe one time in the past, Raven returned a movie late and a scary clerk did the whole anime-style large yelling head thing, and she associates drop boxes with that. (laughs) Hey, odd, seemingly rational fears have to start somewhere. Good idea, but I still say she's a demon, you know? (laughs) But very good idea, very creative, thank you. All right, next one's from Adonis. All right, hey, fellas, I was reading an interview with Bruce Timm where he was promoting Under the Red Hood. He said that he feels the film sort of falls between Return of the Joker and Mask of the Phantasm in term, terms of tone. I really hope this is true, but those are the two most beloved Batman animated movies, and he could be just trying to sell it to us. That being said, I have faith in him, and I choose to believe him. What do you guys think? I have still have not read um, the Red Hood storyline. Mm-hmm. I've got the fucking trade paperback but i still haven't read yeah, it yeah um I, i'm really wondering if i should do that before seeing the movie or just waiting till after i see the movie to read it i'd say read it beforehand just you know yeah yeah definitely read it beforehand um where does it supposedly fall tonally what did bruce tim say between what and what between return of the joker and mask of the phantasm well Okay, so between them tonally, well... Each each of those are pretty damn dark. So that would be a good thing, I mean, because the whole... Yeah. I mean, you know what's going on in the Under the Red Hood, right? I mean, if I say it, it's Yeah, I, not, I know the basic story. Okay, line. so it's not a spoiler for me to say Jason Todd's back, you know? Right, um, right. And that's a pretty dark story because, you know, sure, Bruce went on this quest to become Batman because his parents died, but his whole quest was sort of reinvented... Um, once uh, reinvented isn't quite the right word, pardon. But once Jason died, I mean, he Bruce just went in this whole other direction. You know, this child he brought into the fold was was gone because because of this, because of this crusade he's on, and it really changed him. And then to have that person come back from the dead, you know that. Yeah, that's that's super dark. So, sure, sure, I, I could see it fitting between Phantasm and Joker, again, tonally. 
Mike, in regards to what you said about Nathan Fillion not being right for The Flash, I totally agree with you. I realized I did the typical fanboy thing of thinking of someone you like and not taking a lot of other things into consideration, i.e. bodybuild and age. (laughs) Also, this is pretty off-topic, but it's something I forgot to put in my first email. I've noticed that despite both of your seeming dislikes for puns, in most episodes of WFP, you guys will say no pun intended and then make a pun. Just something I noticed after listening to several episodes back-to-back, and I thought it was funny and ironic. (laughs) And finally, what happened to the alerts? Did the animators finally decide enough with the robots and dumpsters? (laughs) Um, Well, we haven't seen a dumpster in a while. I mean, there was the one in the, uh, what was it, the... The final episode of season one. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think we just forgot about the robot alert, really. Yeah. Because, I mean, we get Slade bots all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, that who's that microchip thing? Overload? Yeah. He's not a robot, but he's a computer chip, so he's kind of borderline robot, you know? We don't we don't we don't mention it when he's around. You know, Gizmo's got robotic parts. Hell, cyborg's a fucking cyborg. We have to say it every episode. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we just can't do it. Yeah. No, to be honest, I think we just forgot about robot alert, really. <laughs> yeah. All right, next one is from Christian who writes, Hey guys, in your last episode, you forgot to mention two awesome Starfire moments slash lines among the episodes you were reviewing. And how long is forever on Starfire screams to shut her friends up at the beginning? It sounds as if what she yells is, Fuck! Yeah, If no. you listen closely. <laughs> Definitely not, no. <laughs> I, I didn't think so either. Uh, also, in Terra, the first thing Starfire says to Terra is, Curiosity abounds, please. Where did you come from? How'd you get there? What is your favorite color? Would you wish to be my best friend? Frankly, we can't forget to mention something that we clearly didn't hear, such as Starfire saying fuck, or whatever it was she supposedly said. So, you know, just just saying. I don't mean to sound rude, but I'm just saying. That's simply you just hearing something that wasn't there, and we didn't hear it, so hence, it wasn't mentioned. Mike, nice responses regarding Crisis on Two Earths, but I still hate it. In my haste to write a rant about that film in my previous email, I forgot to ask, what do you think about the upcoming DC movies announced? Those being sequels to Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, Angry Lantern, First Flight, and an adaption of Batman Year One. Um, I would love to see a sequel to First Flight. I think, um, well, I know we haven't covered it yet on the show, but I'm getting, you know... I'm getting tired of not really speaking about it. So here we go. I I like that movie a lot. I really do. Uh, Wait, we haven't covered First Flight yet, have we? No, that's the one we're doing with Tom. That's right, yeah. Uh, Yeah, my fault. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, every time it comes up, it's just sort of like, oh, we'll save what what we have to say for then, you know? No, I I really did enjoy it, and I'm glad there's going to be a sequel. Uh, When it comes to the sequel to Public Enemies, I don't give a shit. (laughs) I am psyched! That is going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, no, not really. And yeah, 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 it really is. <laughs> and I have not heard. This is the first time I've heard that they've been that they're supposedly going to do year one. So, if they're going to do it and they're going to stay true to it, sure, that's great. But I've not heard that anywhere else. Have you, James? Yeah, I think somebody mentioned it on the forums. If I'm not mistaken. Oh well, I didn't notice it there. So. <laughs> Well, as far as uh, the Supergirl, uh, or I, I think it's going to be Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. Yeah. I think it's, it's his the initial that, title. Yeah, it's the one that introduces Supergirl, yeah. Yeah. I, that is my favorite of all the Superman, Batman story arcs, and I have plenty of those uh, collections in hardback. And, uh, yeah, I, I the only thing I'm, I'm kind of sad about is that Michael Ironside will not be Darkseid. Mm. I'm really sad about that. But well, They've already announced who's going to be Darkseid? Yeah. Oh, cool. And, 
and Conroy and Daly will be back. And oh, who's going to be Darkseid then? Uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but I, I, some some people on the forums have said that he's a good actor. So oh. I, I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of the, whoever is doing it. Oh yeah, I don't know. hence why I can't remember his name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, oh, going back on the email here. Also, I recently read that the next Superman film will involve Luthor and Brainiac. What other villains would you like to see in upcoming Superman films? I personally would like to see a sympathetic version of Bizarro, not unlike the one in the DCAU, but not played by the same actor as Superman, and made to look less human like the version of the character in Superman Red Sun. But what do you guys think? You know, the, the script, it just, it, it hasn't been written yet for, for, the, for the next Superman film. So to say that it is going to have Luthor and it is going to have Brainiac, we don't know that at this point. We still don't know who's going to be the villain in the third Christopher Nolan Batman movie. Superman, they're, 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 they're nowhere near finishing it. I'd be surprised if they've even started it at this point. So, no, we can't say for sure those are going to be the villains. You know, if those were to be the villains, Brainiac, great. Luthor, no, I'm tired of seeing Luthor in all the films. I mean, he's even, in a way, in Superman 3. It's not Luthor, but it's a Luthor stand-in. You know, we, we need new villains. Now, so that comes that brings us around to Brainiac. Not Brainiac, uh, Bizarro. Here's the problem with Bizarro. You can't have the strongest person in the universe. Am I sounding surly today? I'm sounding like I'm kind of like pissy today. I'm really not. Um, punching a retarded person in the face for two hours. That's the problem with Bizarro. He works in short terms in the comic and maybe in the cartoons. But a two-hour movie, eventually people are going to go, wait a minute, Brainiac's just retarded you know he's brainiac not brainiac again i keep i keep meaning to say bizarro sorry you know <laughs> you you can't have superman doing that because people are going to start saying bizarro is mentally challenged and now you've got a guy just picking on him you know <laughs> that's not going to look good for superman <laughs> it's not i want dark side god damn it dark side's not bad but you almost have to do a whole new trilogy you know yeah, you, you just really can't do. Be like, here's Superman. Oh, look, and here's this other alien overlord thing. Build towards it. Yes, do it. You know, drop little clues. Sort of like they're doing with Iron Man and setting up the Avengers movies, you know? Dropping these little clues. You see Captain America's shield. Or so-and-so appears in someone else's film. This and that. Start dropping clues that there's something going on in space. You know, maybe Superman is, is off in space and he's seeing something weird but he can't deal with it right now because he has to deal with something on Earth. You know, and someone mentions the word apocalypse. You know, just these little things that are going to go over most people's heads. But when they go back and watch all three films, they see, oh, they were building them from the start. So, yes, use use, use Darkseid for, for that third film. Just Well, hell, Brainiac could build the Darkseid easily because mm -hmm. Brainiac is an extraterrestrial threat himself. Exactly. Exactly. You know, there, Superman fights Brainiac in the first film. They could tweak the origin, say that, you know, just like they did in the cartoon, say that Brainiac had a hand in the destruction of Krypton. Uh, Superman, of course, he then beats the shit out of him, uh, you know, in the film. And before he destroys Brainiac, Brainiac mentions something about Apocalypse, about Darkseid, just something, you know. And we get another hint of that in the second film, but it's building a little more. And then in the third film... The second film could even end with Darkseid showing up in a boom tube, you know, or mm -hmm. just his whole army or whatever. And then the third film is just like all out fucking action. And then just the aftermath of this war on Earth that, you know, just did not yeah. do the planet good at all. <laughs>
you know, so yeah, yeah, that's that that's my feelings on that. P.S. Good news. Articles devoted to individual episodes of BTAS are making a comeback on Wikipedia. So far, On Leather Wings, Almost Got Em, Robin's Reckoning, and a few others are back. Give it two minutes and one of the wiki editors will go, Oh my god! There, there's an article about a cartoon! Can't have that! Yeah, never mind the fact that we've got, you know, South Park individual mm-hmm. reviews and yeah. Family Guy, Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Hypocrites! Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, last one today is a uh, follow-up from Adonis Reds. Uh, there's something I thought about recently and wanted both your opinions on. Why do movie studios always want to adapt things such as cartoons, games, and comics into live-action films? Money. That's it. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes things just don't translate well into live-action, and yet they've made Dragon Ball, Street Fighter, The Last Airbender, The Flintstones, even a live-action Smurfs movie. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going to jump in here because you're rattling off a whole bunch of shitty examples – but let's throw out some ones that shouldn't work at all and absolutely did. Spider-Man, the X-Men, you know, Batman, whether, whether you know, pick, like, I, I'm not a fan of the Burton films, but a lot of people are. You know, that, that those shouldn't have worked. The, the, the Nolan ones, those shouldn't have worked, but they still do. Um, Blade shouldn't, I mean, any, uh, like Frankenstein, Dracula, you could, you could rattle off all these that on paper seem a little silly, you know, at least when you think about them being something live action, and then they just end up working. I'm going to throw out another one, and I, you m- maybe won't agree with it, and maybe others won't agree with it, but the first Mortal Kombat movie was really, really good. I've never seen it, so I can't say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, again, there's an idea that absolutely, positively shouldn't have worked, mm. but they, I think they really made a, a solid film on, on the first one. Yeah. The second one, <laughs> let's just not, let's just go on. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you, you see, I mean, that, you see my point though. You know, for every shitty adaptation that's made, I can easily rattle off a, a, a really good one. You know, and they don't know what's going to work, and they don't know what's going to bomb. You know, they 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 just hope that it all succeeds, that it all catches on. But the Smurfs, that that movie's not meant for us. It's meant for little kids. It's like Elvin and the Chipmunks, you know? It's probably a shit movie, but you bring a four-year-old to it, and they're going to fucking go gaga over that, you know? Same with the Smurfs. Bring a kid to it, and they're just going to get a... They're just going to have a ball, you know? So, you just, seriously, it's it's all about who the audience is, and, you know, yeah, who the audience is. I don't know. There was more to that statement. I can't remember. <laughs> Oh, he continues saying, I started thinking about this after I saw the new cinematic trailer for Star Wars The Old Republic. This six-minute CG trailer was better than the last three Star Wars films and made me wonder why we got the crappy live-action films instead of these awesomely made trailers. So I'm, I guess I'm asking if you're okay with this trend and line of thinking that if something is successful, just go ahead and turn it into live-action. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, why I'm, not? Well, yeah, it's... They, as far as, like, Dragon Ball goes, I mean, my God, it's arguably the most popular anime of all time. Mm-hmm. So they're they're going to make it into a live-action film, whether it's, you know, whether somebody like me thinks it's a good idea or not. Yeah. Fuck, Avatar The Last Airbender, one of the greatest cartoons ever created. It's getting absolutely destroyed by the critics. So... Who knows? Yeah. But they're still going to do it. Yeah, I mean, sure, some things are going to be harder to adapt. Something like Avatar, which has how many episodes? Like 60 or 70 or... Exactly 60. Yeah. How many episodes does Dragon Ball have? A gazillion and three? <laughs> it's, I, I, I think somebody lost count in a thousand. Yeah, I mean... 
I kid. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, something like that's going to be much harder to adapt because there is just too much source material, you know? But, you know, they're, they're still going to try. And, yeah, they're going to fall on their faces a lot, but other times you seriously are going to get things... Okay, let's go back to Spider-Man. How many Spider-Man comics are there? Thousands upon thousands. But Sam Raimi, in the first two films, not so much the third one, he was able to go to that source material and say, what can I pull out of this, and what can I bring to this to make it my own unique vision of Spider-Man and make it work on the screen? And I think in those first two films he did an excellent job. Now, whoever directed Dragon Ball was trying the same thing, but for whatever reason, it just flopped critically, and probably in the box office too. You know, so again, yep. you just never know. You just don't. My second question is: What are you looking forward to at Comic Con this year? Green Lantern Thor footage, maybe? Um, well, I'm Green Lantern slash Thor footage. I should yeah, say. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not, not. I'm not going to Comic Con. If there isn't Green Lantern footage, I'd be shocked. Thor footage, probably very little. I I really think we'll just get maybe just, I don't know, maybe a minute or two. But I think Green Lantern, you're going to see a lot of footage there. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I, I mean, and I have no idea how long or how far along they are in this production, but I really hope we get some Deadpool footage. Yeah, um, I would suggest we're not going to get any because uh, What's-His-Face is playing Green Lantern and Deadpool. Ryan, Re- Ryan Reynolds, yeah. yeah. so I, mean, I don't think Deadpool's even being... I don't, even, I don't even know if it's in pre-production at this point. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be shocked if we got some Deadpool stuff. It'd be, it'd be cool to see, but I'm just saying I would be shocked. I fear something may be terribly wrong with me. I could have Iranian measles, or perhaps my epidermis has become infested with Steiner mites, or... Okay, what are you talking about? I caution. What you are about to see may shock and disturb you. It's a zit. Everybody gets them. Deal with it. First up today is Transformation. This episode opens up with some storybook narration, and the voiceover talks about Starfire, and... Eventually, it leads up to Starfire growing this humongous pimple in the middle of her forehead, and she doesn't know quite what to make of it, even though she she is horrified <laughs> at it. Raven explains to her that it's just a zit. Everybody gets them. She's like, so I am normal? But she's like, oh, great. This is awesome. But then Robin walks into the room, and she's like, yeah! And uh, so she hides it from Robin and the boys, and later... She grows some horns on her neck, and her fingers start growing to repulsively long and ugly lengths and have hair all over them. And uh, each day that passes, she gets more weird skin defects and things all over her body. Uh, sometime after this, Plasmus starts attacking the city and I get a football field or something and starts drinking from the sewer line underneath the field. Yummy. And uh, the Titans, minus Starfire, jump in action, but Plasmus kicks their asses all over the place until Starfire joins in, and she blasts him into the sewers. And the Titans look over at her and see that she's completely covered in tons of clothes, most notably a rain slicker. And uh, Plasmus returns, and he knocks Starfire out, and her outfit, her extra outfit, that is, flies off, and everyone, including Plasmus, Look over at Starfire, and they start laughing at her. Whoa, whoa, wait, hang on. That's in her head. To be fair, yeah. all that laughing is in her head. They all do look at her, but I, I cannot buy that the Titans, her friends, 
were honestly laughing at her. I just, uh, that's, that was, no, no, that was her just uh, self. Uh, to be fair, it was very ambiguous, though. I don't. There, well, there, the reason I don't think they were, and I know we're getting, you know, we're getting into our thoughts and not the synopsis, right? Yeah. Now, but it's because right after it ends, Robin's standing there all concerned, and they showed him as being one of the people that were laughing. So I don't see him going, ha, 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 what's wrong, Starfire? I just, oh, I just yeah. don't see it. I really think, yeah, that it was just her self consciousness. Yeah. Now so maybe she, the it, football players and the cheerleaders were laughing. That I'll give you, but not her friends. Okay. Well, anyway, she is just totally dejected. She flies off of Earth to other planets, and the first planet she goes to, the inhabitants there don't really take kindly to her either. And then we go back to Earth, and the Titans modify the T sub to travel into outer space. And they fly off after Starfire. And meanwhile, Starfire runs into this Venus flytrap monster who tries to eat her. But when it does, it spits her out. And uh, she's kind of annoyed at this. Um, and then she's sad again. And so she kneels down at this lake. And she's visited by this beautiful spirit woman creature who leads her away somewhere. And then we go back to the Titans. And they're, they're flying to every planet Starfire's been to in this little quick, goofy animation cut. And uh, so we go back to this, her Starfire and the Spirit Woman, and she's explaining that she's going through this transformation that happens to all Tamaranians that will turn her into a chrysalis or chrysalis. I can't remember how it's yeah. pronounced, but uh, Starfire starts to get wrapped up in a cocoon shell, and she asks the woman how she knows all this stuff. And uh, she explains that she knows this because she eats Tamaranian chrysalises. <laughs> and so the woman mutates into this hideous crab spider creature thing, and uh, – the Titans arrive on the scene just in time. They start battling the, this nasty thing, and Starfire is now completely encased in the cocoon. And Robin eventually gets over to her, and she uh, and he helps her out of the cocoon, and she's completely back to normal. And now she can fire her star bolts from her eyes, and uh, she blasts the creature out of the cave. And the flytrap creature from earlier eats the spider crab thing. And Robin says, you know, "No matter how you look on the outside, you'll always be Starfire on the inside." And Beast Boy gets the chicken pox and the episode ends. Okay, this one wouldn't be that bad of an episode if that damn spider crabby creature thingy weren't just, like, twirling its two mustaches, you know? <laughs> it's overacting. It's, it's the better to eat you with, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> I was blending, like, three different voices. I don't know what I was doing. But, that one is actually pretty good. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like... Otherwise, it, it's it's a good story. We got Starfire who thinks she has a pimple, and then she Raven's like, "Deal with it. We all get them." So she's like, "I'm normal," and then she gets then you know she Robin comes in and she's like, "Oh no no no! I can't let him see this." And then she gets the horns in her neck, and then she gets scales and long nails and her hairy feet and all the you know pointy ears and all this weird stuff. And you really start to feel bad for her, you know. It's a little, little heavy-handed when Robin Robin is talking to Plasmus, and he's all like, "You're a monster, and all monsters have to go down." And Starfire's in the background going, "Oh no!" Because earlier she referred to herself as a monster, so that was a bit much. But still, you know, it's this is basically an episode that's. Remember earlier. Uh, in a previous episode, I had said I had wondered if the whole thing was about Raven's PMS. You know, mm -hmm. this one is very clearly geared towards young girls telling them their body's going to go through a change, and when they come out on the other side, they're, they're, they're going to be different. This, this is another almost PMS episode. 
you know... This is the puberty episode. Pretty much so, yeah, but specifically for young girls. I mean, young boys too, but specifically young girls. And when they come out, they'll... Whatever. They'll be... Now they've blossomed into womanhood, or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so really great message. You know, they do an okay job with it, and they get to this stupid, stupid villain. And I, I wrote down one score, and... Like even before the episode was done, I wrote down a score, and then this this villain's just ranting and raving, and again twirling its mustaches, and I, I dropped it by two points. I seriously yeah. did. That's how much I hate the villain in this one. What about you? Uh, I my first note for this uh, episode is just boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, you do bring up a great point with the whole, you know, I guess purity yeah. thing. But here's what what kind of saddens me the the woman who did the voice of that crab spider creature thing is the she's the voice of blossom from powerpuff girls oh, she's a great voice yeah. actress what the hell was this yeah. ah that, that's horrible yeah. or as charles barkley would say that's terrible <laughs> um but is, now, is this the first time that we see that starfire can breathe in outer space i wrote that down i'm i i honestly think it is um, I know we see it later again in Troc, Um, but that's like season five or four, four or five. I think it's four. Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe there's a couple episodes in between here and now, but yeah, I really think this is a first. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it makes sense since Blackfire just kind of flew to earth on her, her own. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now speaking of first though, is this the first time we've seen Starfire use her star bolts out of her eyes? I had that question, I too. Wanna I want to say she's done sworn. it once before. Yeah, me too. I know. I, I can't remember what episode, yeah. but I could have sworn we've seen it before. It very well could be a production thing. Like, this one was produced before a different one, but for whatever reason, that one aired first. Um, who knows? I, I'm 99% sure, oddly enough, there's a Powerpuff Girls episode like that, where I want to say Bubbles gets eye beams or something just like this. Well, she doesn't get pimples and all that, you know, but I could swear she gets a new power, but we saw her use the power before she, she officially gets it. And it's going on here. I know I'm 99% sure I've seen Starfire use her eye bolts before this one. Uh, What else about this one? I don't know. This, uh, this is sadly another one of those episodes where I just don't have a ton of points. Although I, (laughs) I did kind of laugh at the whole beast boy trying to take a piss but he has all these things running water keeps running behind him and and raven's like moving rocks out of the way and there's a water ball and it's just like what the i gotta or no no, no, i gotta he's doing the alphabet and he gets to pee and he's just like pee yeah and then you know we see this plant that he's clearly taking a leak in Uh and i love Uh robin standing with you know we see his uh we see him from his profile and he's got the hose as if he's pissing and then he turns (laughs) it's such a cheap (laughs) gag but it's a funny gag Yes. Um, let's see. There were some good lines in this one, like when the uh, spider crab creature thing uh, is is uh, talking, you know, to the Titans, and they're like, "Give us our friend back!" And she's like, "Your friend belongs to me, but you can have her back once I finish digesting her." Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I was like, "Damn." <laughs> you know, and there, there's a couple other uh, quick little lines here. At one point, a cyborg when he's talking to Plasmus, he's like, "Come on, booger man." Just called Plasma's Boogerman. I thought that was kind of funny. And, uh, of course, then there's the there's a reference to the fly, 
when Starfire sees that fly in her hand, I think it is, and it's like, help me! So, yeah, just gotta, gotta throw that out there, too. Um, let's see. Oh, did you notice that all of the aliens that Starfire visits before she ends up on that final world have an aspect of her mutation? The first ones have the little spikes from the neck. Um, the little ones have the hairy feet. The second one she visits have the nails. There are the green ones with the torches. And I don't know if they had the pimple head or the scales or the pointy ears or something, but I have to assume they had something considering all the other ones she had met. Uh, before that and after that, excluding the creature that tried to eat her, had, you know, sort of looked like her, you know, her mutation. So I thought that was kind of cool. So it explains why she was choosing those planets. Like, oh, you've got hairy feet like me. I'm going to live here. Was there a uh, an, or a nod to Empire Strikes Back mm, with huh. the, the cave that that's actually a monster? Oh, you know what? That might have been, yeah, now that you mention it, when they're in the T-ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably... Probably, um, and I gotta say, I think there was a nod to Doctor Who, with that big brownish. I think it was like brown and like a lighter brown scarf that Starfire was wearing. That's mm-hmm. the, that. It looks not that dissimilar from the scarf that the fourth Doctor, the Tom Baker Doctor, wore. Might be me just looking for things. Me being a Doctor Who fan, I don't know. When I saw that, I'm like, and every time I've seen that too, I've been like, I think that's a reference. Um, oh, and you know what? What did you feel about the storybook nature of this one? Uh, out of place. Really, you think so? I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just wasn't really digging mm. it. Because I liked it because, again, I thought it fit with the message they were trying to tell. You know, Yeah, I, I think looking at, back on it like that, I can kind of see, I can kind of accept it more. Yeah, I mean, because it's not that different from, um, oh, crap, what's it called? The Ugly Duckling? The Ugly... Du- yeah, it'd be The Ugly Duckling. Right. Um, so to, to if they're going to try to kind of ape that story, you know, and turn it into a Teen Titans story, it made sense to do it as a storybook, I felt. Tara! 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 Starfire, I still have bruises from the last time you hugged me. Tara, you're... I mean, I... How's it... <laughs> What's up? Well, if it isn't my favorite little rock and roller. Cyborg, Robin, what's shaking? Good to see you again. What? Is he kidding? It's great to see you again. I didn't think I'd ever see you again. Raven, wake up. Tara's back. Isn't that awesome? Super. Just help yourself to anything in the fridge and don't forget to lock the door when you leave. Actually, I kind of wasn't planning on leaving this time. I'm ready to take you guys up on your offer. I want to be a Teen Titan. Next up today is Titan Rising. James, um, fill in any gaps I may have, because for some reason I'm having trouble remembering this one. But basically, it starts out with the three of the Titans, uh, four of the Titans, pardon me, playing volleyball on the roof of their building, correct? And the raven's off meditating. Uh, At one point, the ball goes over the side of the building, and they're all like, oh, no! And Beast Boy's like, okay, I'll go get the ball. And uh, as he's about to do that, who should happen to come up with the ball, well, I think she has the ball, is Tara. 
uh, she's back and she says, hey guys, you know what? Uh, last time I ran off and I'm really sorry for that, um, but I'd like to join the Titans. And they're all like, well, yeah. And she's like, okay, sorry, I didn't realize the offer had an expiration. Don't worry, I'm out of here. And they're like, no, 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 the offer hasn't expired. But last time you were here, you didn't have control of your powers and we're just a little worried. So she puts on a demonstration of her powers showing that she has absolute control of them at this point. Um, and they're all like, yay, except Raven, who's all like, boo. So, um, <laughs> what do you call it? They, they, uh, they, they bring her inside and this is where I have trouble remembering what happens. Like, well, there's a, there's an earthquake that right. happens. And that's right. There's, but and she's like, that's not me. That's not me. And it turns out it's not her because it's several earthquakes all in a trail. And, uh, so the Titans, they go to investigate and, uh, Tara of course comes with. Uh, uh, along the way, she and Raven are just butting heads constantly. Raven just has this huge problem with Tara just being on the team. She just doesn't trust her. And uh, once they get into the middle of the city, they see this like giant snake thing, uh, just just causing a causing a ruckus. They, if I remember correctly, at one point it kind of burrows down. And uh, uh, do they follow it or do they wait? Yeah, they follow it, right? Yeah, yeah, they follow it. And at uh, one point, wait, at one point, don't they, how do they come into contact with, like, the other ones? Because there's, like... Well, the, the worm splits itself into three parts. Oh, is that and... what happens? I thought there were just, I thought there were just more of them. It, it could be. Okay. But in, in whatever case, it's, there's three worms okay. now, and they all go in different areas. Yeah, so Robin, different directions. right, so Robin sends them off. He's like, BB, you go that way, Sai, you go that way, Starfire, you go that way, and he's gun, going to have... Uh, Raven and Tara with him to cut through rock to try to get to who's ever controlling these things, which somehow I think they figured out is Slade. Maybe they didn't figure it out. I don't know. But uh, so while the other three Titans are off chasing these snake things, um, the the other three they go you know down in the ground. They find some giant supercomputer. Um, help me out here. What the, what the hell's going on at this point? <laughs> well, it eventually comes to pass that the the worm. That was that went further down into the surface where Robin and uh, Tara and Raven went to. It starts. It turns into a circle yeah. and it starts uh, shooting laser beams up into the ceiling yeah. of this humongous cave that they're in. And Slade is also lurking around down there, and he starts fighting with Robin, which is always awesome. Yeah. And uh, so the girls are left to figure out how to stop this seemingly indestructible worm thing. And then up on the surface. The worms are up above Titan's Tower, and they're doing the same thing, only blasting downward, and we find out that they're going to try and meet halfway and just destroy Titan's Tower by sinking it under the Earth. So what happens? Raven, Raven, Robin and Slade, they continue to fight. I don't even remember. How does Slade get away? He just kind of leaps away. Okay, yeah. He disappears. And uh, let's see. At some point, the laser is shooting down. Maybe it's the one shooting up. I don't know. Caused that maybe it's both caused the tower to actually start to sink. The Titans on the surface are like, "Oh no, our home!" And uh, Terra is, is like, "No, no, no! I, I can save this. I can do this." And she uses her power with Raven's help, if I remember correctly, to lift the island, the falling island, back up into place. How they got it to stay in place, they don't bother to state. Um, uh, I, the wormy things are destroyed somehow. I don't know. I don't remember. Don't care. Beast Boy single-handedly destroys. Oh, 
one of them. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. And uh, so once the tower is back in place and Slade has run off to wherever he's run off to, uh, they take Tara back to the tower and uh, they show her her room, if I remember correctly, right? Yep. And uh, they tell her, you know, you are officially a Titan, so please stay with us. Did I leave anything out, really? No. Okay. No, that was pretty much it. What are you thinking? It's okay if if just a one-trick pony. I mean, it's just, it's all Raven and Tara butting heads the whole time, and then Slade shows up, and he and Robin fight. You know, cool, but we've seen it before. Um, but I, what I like about this episode the most, though, is just, is the very last line of the episode, where Tara just stands there with the communicator, and she's like, I can't believe it. They actually trust me. And she's smiling, not in a sinister way, but, you know, you hear that line, and it's, it kind of makes you do a double take. It's like, what? what? Yeah. They, like, something's going on. Here. And at that point, does her hair fall over her eye? Oh, I don't know. I know that happens a couple of times. I think it even happened a couple of times in the first episode featuring her. But I'm pretty sure it happens there at the end, too. Just a little foreshadowing. I don't know, though. It's, I could take or leave this episode, really. I, I think this one's below average, if you want the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad they brought Tara back because it means, you know, we're leading into how this series or this uh, season is going to finish up. Um, they're really starting to lay the groundwork for that. No pun intended, considering, you know, ground, rocks, soil, Tara. Anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah anyways. <laughs> we'll, we'll forget that one. <laughs> um, what do you call it? Um, but it's just, there, there were so many better ways that could have brought her back rather than, oh, there's mechanical snakes that are going to sink the tower. Oh, no. Like, you know, when, when, when you see that the hive can add on an entire, like, wing in a matter of, like, three minutes, I, I, I'm not so concerned about the tower falling down because Cyborg could just build a whole new one in, like, five minutes. You know, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I mean, that's the big threat. The tower is being sunk. Oh, no. It's not like it's the Golden Gate Bridge or part of the city itself. It's, the t- it's their apartment building. You know, come on. I'm sorry that you're going to lose your stuff, that you're going to lose your home. But, you know, they all got places they could stay. They could all go hang out in the back cave for a little while. You know? <laughs> it's, it... Hell, Bruce could buy them a new tea, exactly. tea house. <laughs> oh, yes. But, uh, what do you call it? Um, yeah, I just, I just felt like the threat wasn't big enough. I thought the warm things were just dumb. You know, Slade controlling them again to, to sink the tower. It just, none of it really makes sense to me. I, I think Tara deserved a better uh, return episode than she got, is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And the whole shit with Raven is just mind-boggling. You know, like, I don't trust you! Trust has to be earned! Blah, blah, blah! Like, what? Like, it does, but why are you being a douchebag? You know? Well, you remember Tara bumps into Raven when they're about to go attack the worms for the first right, time. Right, and she gets a vision. She gets a vision. But she was acting all bitchy even before that, on top of the tower. True. She's all like, when Tara shows up, she's like, yeah, 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 eat whatever you want in the fridge, just clean up after yourself, blah. You know? Speaking of Raven, there were a, at least a couple moments where the chakra on her forehead was missing. Oh, all the models are off in this episode. 
I never noticed that she was missing her, her chakra, but I felt everybody was off model. Um, Tara looked taller and much, much thinner than she did before. Um, I can't, I didn't note it for anybody else, but I know everybody else just looked wrong. You know, a good chat, good, 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 uh, catch with Raven there for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I, I get what you're saying though about the character models being off. Yeah. I, I, Raven, Raven's head just was like way off model oh. at the very least. I don't know about anybody else, but I'd have to go back and watch yeah. it again, which I don't really plan no, on doing. No, no, I... I honestly don't see me watching this one again. I'm not going to say ever, but for a long, long time. I really think the only way I'll watch it again is if I'm watching this season or the entire series from start to finish. I mean, like we're doing now. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I could take or leave this one. Um, seriously, the only real positive that this one has, besides Tara coming back and you know setting up the uh, what's going to be the story arc for the rest of this season is uh, there's a pretty cool uh, reference to Dig Dug when they're all chasing the worms and they're going up and the ground's (laughs) changing color, just like, I mean, that was clearly Dig Dug. I used to love that game. So, yeah, but I mean, that's really all I have to say about this one. It's a terribly, at least for me, below average, dare I say, forgettable episode. The Tournament of Heroes, a friendly competition between the world's greatest young champions. Robin, the combat-equipped, kung-fu-trained, one-man army. Hotspot, a human flamethrower with a fiery temper to match. Cyborg, the high-tech teen fighting machine. Aqualad, a water-breathing telepath with mastery over surf and sea. Wildebeest, 400 pounds of primal heroic fury. Gizmo. The nasty little boy with a really big brain. Beast Boy, a quick-witted changeling who can turn into any animal. And Speedy, the agile archer with an unstoppable arsenal of energy arrows. Eight brave and worthy champions, but only one shall win. So, does the winner get some kind of really cool prize? Like, maybe, oh, I don't know. A moped? I have no moped shapeshifter. But rest assured, when the tournament is complete, there will be magnificent prizes. And of course, the winner shall prove that he is the greatest young hero on Earth. However, any who do not wish to compete need only say the word, and I shall return you home at once. Looks like we're in. All of us. The challenge is accepted. The tournament begins. Prepare for competition. Next up is Winner Take All. The Titans are playing some elemental card game in the tower, and uh, Robin laments losing to Cyborg. You know, Raven's like, you know, winning's not the only thing, and Robin says, yeah, it's the only thing that Mm -hmm. matters. So suddenly Beast Boy, Cyborg, and Robin just disappear into thin air. And uh, Starfire's like, uh, this is part of the game? <laughs> and uh, we see that they're transported to a tournament of heroes run by somebody called the Master of Games. Um, present also is Aqualad, and then we have other heroes that we have not been introduced to yet, uh, Speedy, Hotspot, and Wildebeest. 
And for some reason, Gizmo's there, too. <laughs> yeah. Must have been an error. They, they were trying to get Kid Flash, but they couldn't. Yeah. Well, and, they, and, and they call him on it. They're like, wait, what's this guy doing here? You said heroes. Yeah, Cyborg. <laughs> Cyborg is great in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so, what what's going to happen is there's going to be a... Uh, fighting tournament and they're going to find out who's the greatest of all the young heroes and uh, the first round of the fights uh, sees Cyborg beat Gizmo Speedy beats Aqualad Robin beats Hotspot and Wildebeest beats Beast Boy that, that was a mouthful. Beast Boy almost beats um, himself if you want the truth. Doesn't he just become too heavy for the cage he and Wildebeest are in? Yeah, and I, and I call bullshit on that because he could just turn into a fucking bird Yeah, exactly, exactly Anyway, I thought that was uh, kind of it was like they needed to put Wildebeest over, but they couldn't have Beast Boy lose cleanly either. Very yeah. much a wrestling. Yeah, kind of. yeah. It was it was almost like a ref bump type moment. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the uh, the winners are transported in front of the Master of Games, and the losers are nowhere to be seen. And uh, Robin and Cyborg are like, "What? What's going on? And where are the losers? Or where where are friends? Or whatever they say." But uh, uh, the Master Games is like, oh, well, they've been returned home safely. Uh, Cyborg has his doubts since he can't get through to Titan's Tower to see if Beast Boy is there. So after the uh, heroes leave the room, we see that the Master has the heroes trapped in this pendant that's around his neck. And later that night, Cyborg goes to Robin's room and tries to get him to help search for Beast Boy. But Robin, being the ultra-competitive little fucker that he is, refuses to help since he thinks it's just a ruse by Cyborg to make him get no sleep and be tired for tomorrow's round mm-hmm. two. So Cyborg is just utterly dumbfounded at Robin's attitude. He's like, fuck you. And, and So he just goes off to look on his own. So he sneaks around, and he thinks he sees Gizmo wandering the halls because he's, it's the spider leg thing that he uses. And it turns out to be the Master of Games utilizing Gizmo's tech. And he also commands Beast Boys, Aqualads, and Hotspots powers now, too. And Cyborg tries to attack him, but he's no match for uh, the Master, and the Master absorbs him into his pendant, too. So the next day, the the three remaining heroes are preparing for the battle, their battles, and Robin's like, where's Cyborg? And Master says, oh, he won't be joining us. So the WrestleMania main <laughs> event will be a triple threat elimination match between Speedy, Robin, and Wildebeest. <laughs> So Wildebeest is quickly eliminated when it starts, and it leaves Robin and Speedy to have this very lengthy duel that uh, is eventually won by Robin when he breaks Speedy's bow. Douchebag! Yeah. (laughs) Robin's like, you lose. And Speedy's like, yeah, but was it worth it? Robin's like, I broke your bow. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So Robin's transported in front of the Master, who reveals that uh, Robin is the champion, and uh, Robin's like, I was supposed to get a prize, right? And uh, the Master said, oh yeah, I said there'd be a prize, but I didn't say it would be for you! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, he reveals that he now has all of the other seven, well, six, plus Gizmo's powers, uh, and he's now invincible! But Robin begs to differ and says, how can you be invincible if you don't have the champion? <laughs> so, they duke it out for in one last winner-take-all uh-huh. match, and Robin kicks the pendant so hard that it frees Cyborg and Speedy, and so the three of them team up to free the remaining heroes, and Gizmo, <laughs> and uh, the Master just disappears into thin air, and uh, Robin gives all the heroes Titans communicators and says they're all honorary Titans, and 
Gizmo's like, cool, and then Cyborg just snatches his communicator and is like, hey, you're not a good guy, remember? <laughs> so they all get returned to their respective homes. However, next we see Starfire, Raven, Terra, and five other heroines transported in front of the Master of Games who says that a tourney is beginning. <laughs> what are you thinking? I think that this is a perfectly average, fun episode. Mm-hmm. It's... It's it's the example of put it on in the background and go do your laundry or fold it or do the dishes. And when you walk through the room, you could watch it for a minute or two and then just keep on moving. You know, there's no real plot to speak of. It's just a video game fight episode. You know, that that's just one fight after the next. As I said, it's it's modeled after a video game, and that's fine. You know... It's 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 fun. I like the introduction of the new character, specifically Speedy. Um, I like seeing Beast Boy and Aqualad now that they've come to terms with each other, and they're like, "Hey, buddy, what's up?" You know. Um, yeah, it, it it doesn't add much to the to the season, but again, just just a cool little episode. That's all. What about you? Uh, I really like this one mm-hmm, a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. The single greatest line in all of Teen Titans occurs in this episode. Oh. I have no moped shapeshifter. <laughs> yeah, that is a good line. Even if this episode was as bad as the terrible trio, I would give it a two just for that line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so awesome. It comes out of nowhere, but it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess he doesn't have a moped and Beast Boy is a shapeshifter. It yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. This is. It's a lot of fun. I, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm maybe a little higher on it than you are. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Like I said, I, the way Beast Boy lost was total horse shit. But um, they uh, say that Beast Boy is a changeling, which is uh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, another, another thing that kind of gets this uh, episode another little kind of thumbs up, Raven was knitting in the background during one scene. Oh, was she? I'm pretty sure this I I hopefully haven't confused this with another episode, but I'm 99% sure that Raven was knitting in this episode. That's great. Um, I'd, I'd have to say, though, knowing what happens in the next episode on our queue here, mm. I think it would have been cool if Terra was not transported before the Master Games at the end of the episode. Well, that, had, would, that would only work if Gizmo wasn't transported, too. Yeah. They would have had to have used, again, like you said, like Kid Flash or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tara's just sitting on the tower when the boys get back, and they're all like, why are you still here if the girls are gone? You know, just a little hint. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 But speaking of Tara, where the hell is she in the beginning when they're playing magic or whatever, you know? Yeah. I, I, pff, was she in her, I guess she was just in her room. <laughs> something. I don't know. You know, it's just, I was like, wait, where is she? And then all of a sudden she's there at the end, just sort of randomly. Like, okay, whatever, maybe she's on the toilet? I don't know. Mm, maybe. <laughs> you know what this episode reminds me of, though? What? <laughs> Those half an hour long Smash, Smash Brother chants, chats we used to have <laughs> at the start of this show. <laughs> yep. Yeah. See, people, that's, we were foreshadowing this episode. That's the ticket, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I think the fights are really cool. I'll, I'll give them that. Um, love the introduction of Speedy, seeing, you know, he really is just Robin's, uh, you know, like, almost like long-lost twin brother. 
pretty much. You know, know, both really intense, both at the top of their game. Um, But, you know, the episode, you know who it's going to come down to. You know it's going to be Robin and Speedy at the end of the day. You know Robin's going to win. And they have to be the one to take down the the master of whatever he's called. You know, so so that's why I really can't put this one any higher, or I should say much higher than, than as I said earlier, perfectly average. But still, it's it's a fun one that I would watch again, unlike the previous one. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to ask why Robin gave Aqualad a communicator, since he already has one. <laughs> good call, good call. Maybe he lost it? I lost my communicator. Give me yours. I don't have it. Then we've got to get back to the tower and... Beast Boy, I'm not going back. I can't. What? Why can't you? Because she's not your friend. She's my apprentice. Tara? Tara! The girl you knew was merely an illusion. A fantasy. In reality, she's been working for me. That's a lie! I found her. I trained her to control her impressive powers. And then I sent her to destroy your little team from the inside out. No! Tara would never! Tonight her orders were to strike. But I guess she took pity on you. Perhaps she wanted to keep you as a pet. However, despite this minor error in judgment, she was kind enough to deactivate the security at Titan's Tower. Your friends are being annihilated as we speak. Liar! Beast Boy, it's the truth. Tara, why? Because you could never give her what she needs. Next up today is Betrayal. In this one, um, uh... Uh, Tara betrays the Teen Titans. James, what were you thinking? <laughs> I can't remember. Okay, let me see if I can do this. Um, what is happening in this one? I don't remember. I remember everything from the middle onward, but I can't remember how it starts. Well, they're, they're fighting Slade bots, uh-huh. and uh, they, they like, pretty much, they kick the shit out of the Slade bots, really. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's really, Tara looks like she's just really become part of the team, and uh, she she assists the other Titans in like dual attacks, like yeah. you know, like Cyborg and Robin would do, or whatever. And uh, then she finds herself in trouble. She you know she's surrounded by a lot of the Slade bots, and then suddenly Beast Boy uh, saves her, and they they all continue fighting. And then as this is going on, we see that there's like camera shots being taken of uh-huh. each Titan except for Terra. Yeah. And we see uh, some of their swag on the table, too, right? Yeah. Like, we've got the communicator. We've got one of Robin's uh, uh, boomerangs. Birdarang, yeah. Yeah, we've got, I don't know, we just see you just see little things from, like, pretty much, like, each Titan. And, uh, you know, they don't show you who the traitor is, but it's pretty easy to figure out. Um, at some point, Beast Boy has made a present for Terra. It's a heart-shaped box. And uh, he wants to give it to her, but he's all shy about it. Um, so he tries asking her out, and uh, he's like, how about we go out tomorrow? And, you know, at first she likes the box, and she seems to be receptive to, to his uh, advances, this flirting. But when he says, how about we go, up tomorrow, go out tomorrow, she's like, uh, 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 can't do it, and then, like, runs away. 
And then he's all, like, pissed at himself. He goes back, you know, when he's in his room, he's all like, oh, you fucked up, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so at one point, Tara is floating outside his window, and she's like, let's go out right now. So they go out, and uh, while they're going to a, a carnival, you know, just it's late at night, the carnival's dead, no one's there. Um, while they're just going around, riding roller coasters, doing this and that, at one point they would stop at a diner to eat some pie, no euphemism meant there um what do you call it um something goes wrong in the tower the security is shut down and just like hundreds of slade bots um start attacking the titans uh, at one point uh bb and tara they're on a ferris wheel and she's like you know you're you're my best friend right and he's like yeah and she's like okay if i told you something really 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 bad and it turned out i was a bit of a douchebag would you still be my friend and he's like, of course, now come here. I want to kiss you. And uh, right before he can kiss her, Slade cock blocks him. So uh, yep. Slade's all like, hey, Beast Boy, what's up? And Beast Boy's like, brah, blue balls. So they all get into a fight. <laughs> and uh, they're beating the shit out of each other. And Slade's really getting into Beast Boy's head. I mean, he's just messing with him. But the sad thing is he's not lying to Beast Boy. Everything he's saying is the truth. Uh, at one point, uh, Tara, I think she helps, like, do something to Slade. I don't know what, but whatever. Uh, Tara and BB, they're able to get away, and uh, they run into a house of mirrors, and Slade is, is he's laying it on the line for Beast Boy, saying, you know what, you know, she did this because she was my apprentice. Uh, she's the one that took down security at the tower. So your friends are dead right now. Um, and Beast Boy's like, liar! And he starts smashing all these mirrors, and eventually Tara's like, no, Beast Boy Slade's really telling the truth. And uh, how do Slade and Tara get away? They just leave when Beast Boy runs off to save the Titans. Well, I mean, they're in the House of Mirrors, because yeah. that has to come up into, into any carnival scene. Yeah. And uh, Tara, you know, like you said, Tara reveals that she is a spy, and, and be, you know, she's like, I thought you said we, you'd, that I would still be your friend, and then Beast Boy just throws it at her face. Yeah. You were right. You don't have any friends. Yeah. Or whatever. Whoever said that before, but yeah. And then he you just tried to off. kill my four best friends. But sure, we'll still be friends. This isn't an abusive relationship. Oh, no. Ew. <laughs> but yeah, so um, they're, uh, I think we see everybody back at the tower, right? And they're all like, oh my god, this blows, right? Yeah. And, uh, uh, the final scene is, uh, the final shot is Beast Boy as like a hound dog, uh, cuddling with the heart shaped box. He made her, I believe he's in Tara's room too. It might be his own room. And he's just whimpering, having lost the love of his life and having been betrayed. Yep. So what were you thinking? I love this episode. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love it. Um, and I love it for just how utterly violent and vicious the entire thing is. Uh. Every single fight in this episode was just utterly awesome. And the Titans, I think, for the first time, you know, not the uh, the one little thirty second fight at the in the end of season one, notwithstanding, this is the first time they just go full out balls to the wall violent here. Yeah, yeah. Beast Boy is just about ready to fucking gut Slade 76 different ways. Oh, yeah, he's just full of rage he, during this episode, yeah. Yeah, he fucking slashes Slade right in the face. Mm -hmm. with. I think when he turns into a bear. And yeah, yeah. Like, 
And even Slade looks a little worried. Yeah. yeah. Well, because he's not expecting that from Beast Boy. Everybody sees Beast Boy as the weakest member of the team. And physically, that may be true. Granted, he can turn into bears and dinosaurs and shit like that. But if you catch him just in his normal form, he is the weakest member. But if you're going to screw with his heart and mess with his head, that boy's going to come at you. And he clearly has the chops to do it. You know, Slade, I know it hasn't been revealed yet, but Slade either forgot or didn't know that Beast Boy has been a superhero longer than all of them, except maybe Robin at this point, you know, you know, he was with the, uh, what was it, the Doom Patrol, Mm -hmm. you know, I almost said Challengers, and I knew that was wrong, I always get those two teams confused, but yeah, I mean, he was with the Doom Patrol, he's been a superhero for a long time, he does know how to take care of himself, but uh, yeah, you you screw with his heart, and he is going to go after you. Yeah, I love, love the Slade-Beast Boy fight uh-huh. all over the Ferris wheel. and <laughs> Beast Boy's a lion, and he's a tiger, and yeah. a, a gorilla, a velociraptor. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a fight that you don't really expect. Because you just when you're thinking of Teen Titans, it's kind of thinking, you don't really think of a one-on-one Beast Boy Slade fight, but no. it was fucking brutal. No, when you think on think of Slade fights, you think Robin and Slade. Yeah, but it's sort of like no Beast Boy has tussled with him too, and it makes sense for him to tussle with him when you consider his feelings for Terra. You know, he doesn't want to see her get hurt, and then when he finds out the truth, he's even more pissed off. Yeah. Um, the another thing, the depths of Slade's viciousness know mm-hmm. no bounds. Mm-hmm. You could never give her what she needs. Yeah, God <laughs> damn. And there's so a double meaning to that. Yep. When it's, I mean, it never comes up here, but when you look at the relationship between Terra and Slade in the comics, I really think that was a very, I don't want to say subtle, but yeah, that was a nod towards the comics right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of nods, how about the nod to uh, Aladdin with uh, Terra on the floating rock saying, do you trust me? Oh, I, I didn't pick up on that. It's been forever since I've seen Aladdin. Yeah. So, okay, okay. Um, I'm assuming Aladdin says that to Jasmine? Yes. Okay, okay, on the, cool. On the flying carpet. Oh, very cool. You know, I, I thought another good line in this one came from uh, Robin. Uh, at one point, I forget who says it, when they're just being just surrounded by the slave bots. Someone says, I just think it's Starfire, says they are too numerous to fight. What shall we do? And Robin just says, fight anyway. And it's delivered in a very Batman-ish sort of way. Yes. Um, I I just love those little moments where they show that, yes, Robin was trained by Batman. They're few and far between in this series. When they do put them in there, they are so very nice because it shows you the darker side to Robin. He's supposed to be the lighter side, the lighter, pardon, side of Batman. We can't forget that, you know... There's a dark side to Robin because he was trained by that man. Uh, what else about this one? I mean, there's. I think there's so much more to say. Oh, go ahead. I've been just kind of gushing all over the, the fight scenes and everything. I've got no more notes, so I was sort of leaning on you to say more. <laughs> oh, okay. I will. Um, I think... if Do you remember when they were doing the, uh, the What Beast Boy Could Have Said to Terra stuff? Yeah, the yeah. They had the... Uh, the um, uh, What is it? The, pro- the production number on each of the... Uh, the, uh, what are those things called? The clackboards? Like yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, they had the, uh, the two, I think it was 257, 330. That's Uh-oh. the production number of this episode. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, 
but and no, I'm going back to Slade again here. This is the first time since Apprentice that Slade has shown any sign of being worried, and that is, uh, you know, of course, is he gets the shit kicked out of him really if you think yeah. about it. Yeah, again, by someone he didn't think could do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he probably thought Beast Boy would... Well, at first, he, he didn't even think Beast Boy would be there. Because, as he said, you know, oh, she would just took you on as a pet, you know? Mm-hmm. But once he realized he was there, he's thinking to himself, this is Beast Boy. This guy's got to weigh, like, 80 pounds, you know? And wet. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then when it turns out Beast Boy can handle himself, yeah, Slade's definitely going to be worried. Oh, I can't believe it. I just thought of this. Um, yeah, I... During the summer, we were talking about how uh, Beast Boy saves Terra in that first opening fight scene. He's a gorilla, and he catches Terra. So oh, it's, yeah. It's such a clear King Kong reference. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Just <laughs> thought of it off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't know what else to say because I just gushed and gushed and gushed here. But this – I can't really find a flaw in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm really trying to think if I can find one. And no, I don't I don't think there is. <laughs> well, if someone was trying to clone me, they didn't do a very good job. No, not a clone. I'm you. Another you from another universe. All the way from dimension 498. Robin's double, DNA buddy, and number 1 Welcome to our universe, small amusing doppelganger. Yeah, nice to meet you, Nosy. Nosy. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe we should just call you Larry. My name is Larry now! Yay! Larry, 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 Mr. Larry, Larry, hey Larry, hi, how you doing Larry? Larry! Next up is Fractured. Larry! Sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Do you, uh, do you remember the episode of Earth 2 at the show where I was just doing that throughout the entire episode? Oh, uh, no, I don't. Yeah, if anybody out there can remember what episode of Earth 2 at the show that was, please write in and let me know because I want to go back and listen to that one. Anyways, I'll try not to shout Larry a thousand times during this, you know, 15, 20 minutes or however long it takes us to cover this one. <laughs> um... Yeah, so there's this punk named Johnny Rancid, and he's tearing up the town on his uh, on his bike. And Robin takes off after him in the Robin cycle to stop him, but try as he might, he can't catch him. And somehow they end up racing on the cables of a suspension bridge. And uh, Johnny Rancid takes this ridiculous uh, ramp jump, and uh, he makes it. But Robin tries to do the same thing, and he does not. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up breaking his arm, and then we get the show tune. Okay, I don't know how much crack the producers of this episode were on, but my guess is that the amount falls somewhere between way too much and a metric fuck ton. For for those of you that haven't heard this theme song, it's going to be the closing quote of the episode. That's already been decided on there my you know. part. So there, That's all yeah, you there need you to go. know, yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we see this little shrimpy guy in Robin attire flying all over the place, singing the Japanese version of the Teen Titans show tune. 
<laughs> not the English version, <laughs> no. the Japanese version. Yeah. And um, after the title card, the team is talking to Robin about having to wear a cast for several weeks, and surprisingly, Robin doesn't go all ape shit <laughs> try to go back out onto the town to stop Johnny Rancid. He's like, ah, you guys can do fine without me. Suddenly, Robin starts freaking out, and the little shrimpy thing from the title card leaps out of Robin's head. <laughs> he is Nosyard Kid. <laughs> the, I, I probably mispronounced that, but I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. He is the version of Robin from the 498th dimension. And Beast Boy says, you know what, your name is Larry. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so... Larry explains that he is able to bend the rules of reality, and he spends his days watching Robin take down the bad guys from his dimension. <laughs> and when he saw Robin break his arm, he leapt over into our, you know, quote-unquote, our dimension to help. And so, basically, he's Robin's Batmite. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Only way, way too eager. <laughs> and um, <laughs> So Johnny Rancid appears again, and Robin's like, just go take care of it. <laughs> so Larry is, in the meantime, trying to fix Robin's arm, but all he does is change it into all kinds of weird shit, like a hockey... He changes it to like a hockey stick, a horse leg, and all kinds of other shit. A chainsaw, which is probably a reference to... What was that? Uh, Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness, yeah, yeah. And um, eventually he annoys Robin so much that Robin just grabs him and tosses him across the room, and it breaks his magic finger. <laughs> and... When this happens, it, the tower starts to crack apart, and all of reality starts to break. And uh, I will spare us the punching reality joke. Yes, and, yes, please. Um, when all is said and done, the city has been turned into a kindergartner's drawing. <laughs> and what happens is basically the rules of Looney Tune land apply here. <laughs> you could pretty much do anything you want. Yeah. Including yeah. taking people's mouths off and slapping them on your own face. And putting yours on backwards, so you or upside down, so you speak backwards. So throughout this whole mess, uh, Larry insists that Robin will fix everything. Because <laughs> he's Robin. He's the greatest. <laughs> and Robin, though, is just, he continues to doubt himself. And um, they, he goes out and they, they to, to help the Titans any way he can and they end up being chased by this, like, stick-figure dinosaur thing. <laughs> it, it reminded me of Reptar from Rugrats. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> and uh, they they get away from the dinosaur. I can't remember how. I really just, I don't remember how they got away from it. Yeah. But uh, I think they just, like, fall into the water and then swim to the island is all it is. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah. But they get back to Titan's Tower, the island there, and the portal of reality is still blasting away there. And, uh... Before they can decide what to do about it, Johnny Rancid uh, leaps into the portal and becomes reality itself, I guess. Something, yeah. Something like that. But he starts just tearing shit up everywhere. And it is actually up to Robin to stop him because he Johnny Rancid easily dispatches the rest of the Titans. And with Larry's help, they do stop uh, Johnny Rancid on a ridiculously goofy version of the R-Cycle. <laughs> and um, Larry's finger heals up, and they restore everything back to normal, and Larry fixes Robin's broken arm, but he accidentally sends him into a, a pocket dimension somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And that's how this ends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, sir? Um, this is probably one of my favorite episodes of Teen Titans. <laughs> I, I, I am not shocked by this in the slightest. <laughs> I mean, 
it's so goofy. It's that you're either going to hate it because it's so goofy, or you are just going to fall in love with it because it's so goofy. And I am in the latter category. Um, I, you've got this little imp that's just the Robin's biggest fan, is a big fan of Robin myself. You know, I, I can... Uh, I see where he's coming from. As you said, he's overly eager. It's like, Larry, 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 Larry. You know? <laughs> Just the way he gushes over Starfire and literally melts in her arms. Oh, and then when everything just goes wacky and, you know, Starfire's head sprouts wings and flies away. <laughs> Beast Boy loses his mouth. It bites him in his ass. <laughs> yeah. And then they all switch mouths. And what was really cool is you'll have, like, I, I, I've, you know, what is it? Like, uh, I think Raven, okay, it does, I don't remember who gets who, but they all, like, Cyborg will get, like, Starfire's mouth. No, the other way, Starfire got Cyborg's mouth. So we've got Starfire, I think this is how it went, Starfire voicing Cyborg's lines, but doing it the way the Cyborg actor would, putting in the little inflections, you know, I thought that was really good writing and really good acting on their part. To, to you know, they had to study their, you know, their their colleagues there and be like, okay, I see how you do those lines, so I'm going to do it this way. Um, yeah, and then at the end, you know, everything's fixed, but it's not resolved. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we get we find out for sure that uh, this is Dick Grayson. Because Larry is a DNA match of Robin, they say they're DNA buddies. Yay! <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, and then they show what Larry's name is, and it's Dick Grayson spelt backwards. I mean, we see that on the screen. Um, you know, if you want to sit here and hate on this episode, I'm not going to fight you. But I'm just, I, so I just had to get this gushing out first. What Quite the contrary. Okay. I am not going to bash on this episode. <laughs> okay. Because I did enjoy it, too. Yeah. Not nearly as much as you, but I still did enjoy it. Um, anytime Henry Rollins is involved in a DCAU cartoon, yeah. I smile. Yeah, yeah. He's I, always playing some sort of anarchist, too, isn't he? Yeah, some <laughs> badass, just who gives a shit, trash yeah. everything guy. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, I gotta interrupt you for a second. When Johnny Rancid jumps into the portal and he turns the world into, like, anarchy world, and Raven's just like, cool. <laughs> and they'll look at her and she's like, whoops. <laughs> I mean, hell, I'd say this was the this episode was the calm before the storm, but this was anything but calm. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, there were all kinds of of nods in this episode. I mean, Larry clearly uh, look, uh, appears as Robin from the animated uh, intro to the Adam West Batman <laughs> show. Um, Gilligan is oh, yeah. uh, one of the fleeing citizens in the streets. Uh. Very clearly. Gilligan. They had the red sweater and the the you know the white beach hat on. Yeah, yeah. It's this is just this episode is like the Mixies pixelated of Teen Titans, but it's not really as good. But it's still a, a hell of a lot of fun though. Oh, so you think the the Mixie episode is better than this one? Oh, I gave that one a nine. Oh, did I'm not, you? I'm not giving this one a nine. Okay. Okay. I, don't, I think well, and I think that the the humor in Mixie's Pixelated was a little more mature. There, uh, some of it was. So maybe that's why I'm liking it a little more than this one. Yeah, I'm not remembering. I'm trying to see what you what I gave that one. 
a mixy one. Um, I might have hell. I might have regraded that to a ten. We initially both gave it nines, and then no, neither of us regraded it. Okay. Well, yeah. either way, yeah. that was one of my favorite Superman episodes, and this one isn't one of my favorite Teen Titans episodes, but. I mean, I'll watch this anytime just mm-hmm. for the laughs. Yeah, I mean, anytime this one comes on, or I just want to have some fun, I'm, I'm, I'm there, you know, because I just, I'm not gonna say I'm like slapping my knee, going ho 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 throughout the whole thing, but I'm just sitting there with a smile, you know, and even the intro, Robin chasing Johnny Rancid, a little generic, you know, but I know what we're gonna get following it. And that that's all starts with the theme, <laughs> you know. And I just normally, of course, I fast forward through the theme theme song, but not this one. Never this one. Gotta have Larry singing the Japanese version of it. <laughs> oh God, I love this one. And you know, I should I should watch the closing credits to see if Larry's doing anything over those. I've never done that. I don't remember. Oh shoot! I'm gonna have to throw this in later. To, to see. Oh, man. I can't believe I've never done that before. Raven's great in this. The Book of Azar is not a toy. <laughs> oh, the, you know, Larry popping out of Robin's head. <laughs> I think it, it has to be a reference to Fooly Cooly, the anime, where the, the, the kid has the the uh, thing jump out of his head. It's done animated the same way. It's, oh. it's got to be a reference to it. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Another acid trip anime. Oh, okay, okay. So, just yeah. like this episode. <laughs> yeah, but I love that when Larry comes out of his head and they're all just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Yeah, exactly. They've seen some weird shit, but that uh, they weren't expecting. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> My name is Tara, and I have done horrible things. I have sworn to serve a dark master. I have obeyed his every command and committed crimes in his name. everyone who used to be my friend. One by one, I have destroyed the Teen Titans. And with no one left to stop me, I have brought an entire city to its knees. So last up today is the two-part Aftershock. In part one, we start out with um, stuff, and then more stuff happens. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. I cannot, for some reason, I'm having a hard time remembering these. James, please help me out here. This opens up with uh, Slade and Tara, and uh, it's like Tara's initiation to be officially become Slade's apprentice. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's giving 
make she, uh, Slade that is is making her give an oath. Yeah. Like you will will you fight by my side forever? Will you destroy the Titans and all this other stuff? Yeah. And then that's pretty much when we get, she's and she doesn't just say yes. She's just like I thought you'd never ask. Yeah, yeah. So she really does want to kill the Titans. Yeah. So then if I remember correctly, the Titans are just like driving through town in the T car, right? And uh, BB's telling really bad jokes, and uh, as they cross an intersection, the car just gets plowed with a giant boulder. And they get out, and they're like, what the hell was that? And uh, they see Tara, and there's just this huge fight with her. Um, they're confused. They don't know what's going on. At one point, is they only get away because like Robin like throws on a smoke grenade, and they all kind of flee, right? Yeah, but yeah. during the and during the fight, she makes these rock monster things, and they're like, "That's a new trick." And she doesn't have any idea how she did it either, because it turns out that Slade has access to her nervous system through the suit that she's wearing. Right. Yeah. So uh, the Titans they go back to their base to the tower, and uh, they're all like, you know, each one of them pretty much says that they shouldn't have pulled their punches when they had a chance. They should have taken her down. And, uh, you know, they're like, why is it so hard to, to stop her? She's like any other criminal. And Beast Boy's like, but she's not like any other criminal. She was our friend. She was one of us. She was a titan. You know, we've got to try. And Robin's like, no, she's working for Slade. We have to bring her down. And BB gets in Robin's face. And he's like, when you were working for Slade, did we give up on you? Robin pauses for a second. And then in a very Batman-like moment... You know, he's like, fine, she gets one more shot, and then that's it. You know? Um, he's not admitting Beast Boy's right. He's not saying you're right, but his actions are showing that he knows Beast Boy's right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, uh, what do you call it? I think before they have a chance to go after her, um, there's like three separate crimes across town, right? Well, yeah, they show that Plasmus, Overload, and Cinderblock are now this, like, unholy trinity yeah under, under slade's control yeah tara put like little devices on them if i remember correctly mm -hmm. um let's see uh the only one i really remember is raven going after overload yeah that's his name overload mm -hmm. and uh she's the one that squares off or they all do really but she, i think she had the uh the longest fight with uh tara because uh you know, as as they're fighting, um, you know, Tara, she knows all the Titans' weaknesses, and Slade is saying, use it, use it, use it. And he's he's trying to get Tara to get Raven to lose control of her emotions. And uh, eventually she does. Raven does lose control. Uh, I think we see the the multiple eyes pop up on yeah, her head, the right? The Trigon yeah. eyes, yeah. yeah. And uh, Tara freaks out for a second, but she has some giant mud hands come up and pull her down into the ground. Um, let's see, I forget. The other Titans are taken down somehow, leaving uh, just Robin at the end, right? Yep. And uh, it looks like Terra smashes him with a boulder. We do not see how he survives this. He just does. And uh, I'm pretty sure we see a scene with Slade and Terra saying, Wahaha, or something like that. Maybe not. But then we see all the Titans underground basically saying, You know what? She's a criminal. We're done. We're through. We're taking her down. And that pretty much ends the first part, right? Yep. Okay, what were you thinking? Oh, I love this so mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. So much. Not not quite as much as Betrayal, but this, you know, this is still just epic. Yeah. More great, awesome fights. Uh, I loved the Terra Raven fight. 
because Terra is so clearly getting into Raven's head. And, you know, Raven obviously, again, doesn't admit anything when anything is bothering her. But then we see the Trigon eyes, and it's like, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I will say, though, I take issue with that fight. I don't know if a truly pissed off, out of control Raven could be taken down by a bunch of muddy hands. That kind of bothers me. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, again, she's a demon. You know, we've seen what her powers can do when they're unleashed. And these these hands come out of the mud and pull her down. I just didn't buy it. I like what Tara was doing, uh, getting into Raven's head, but mm, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think something else should have taken her down. Tell you the truth, I had less of a problem with that than with how the hell did Robin survive? Yeah, I, I could I could come up with an excuse for any of the other four mm-hmm. escaping their predicaments. I mean, Raven, maybe she sank under the mud and somehow burrowed underground with her powers, maybe, and then Starfire got knocked into the ocean. Maybe she just she she regained consciousness quickly. I don't right. know. And the other, I can't remember how the other two were taken out. But yeah, I don't either. But Robin, how you've got to explain how he survived that. I mean, they clearly show the rock dropping on the camera. Yeah. From from Robin's point of view, that is. The only thing I can think, the only thing, is that a small part of Terra knows what she's doing is wrong and feels guilty and opened up a crack for him to fall into before the rock came down. Do you know what I'm saying? Does it make total sense? No, but it's the only thing that could explain how he survived that. <laughs> yep. Because, uh, yeah, he's dead otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also don't really understand why Terra put those controlling modules on Cinderblock and Plasma since they already serve Slade anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, did they just decide to go solo and Slade said, <laughs> fuck that? Yeah. <laughs> um... Maybe, and I, they didn't show this, but maybe that allowed Slade to actually control them like he later will Terra. True. But yeah, he'd have to be that's... controlling all three at once, since all three fights are going on at once. Well, if this is like the comic book version of Deathstroke, he uses 90% of his brain, so... Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. he could. He yeah. very well could. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I see what you're saying. They're really not needed for those two, are they? (laughs) (laughs) Getting back to it, I love the opening. I I wrote a note about it, and I completely forgot about it. But yeah, it's like Twisted Wedding Vows. Yeah. That that Tara's making Slade... Or excuse me, that Slade's making Tara, say, I should say. Um, It's so dark and so... There's no other word for it. It's so ugly and frightening. You know, uh, especially when you consider the age difference and, and what it feels like. It's just wrong. You know he's manipulated this child from the beginning. You know, she thinks she's chosen this life, but she never had a choice. This is all Slade's doing. Uh, what else about this first part? I don't know. This is actually, sadly, this first part is like the episode I remember least about uh, of any of the you know, the seven episodes, you know, technically seven episodes that we yeah. watched here. I, I really do. I love this, this first part. I love the second part too, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I guess we'll, Oh yeah. I, I remembered another note I had here. Raven dropped a fucking bus on top of Tara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I don't think Raven was holding back. No, she definitely wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to move on to the second part? Sure. Okay, in the second part, we see that the city has been completely overrun by Slade and Terra. Slade bots are everywhere. Terra's floating on a rock over the city. She's kind of narrating, uh, if I remember correctly, about how she's a nasty person, how she did all these terrible things, and how she doesn't regret a single thing she's done. That's how this one begins, right? Yep. Okay. Um, as we come back from the credits, uh, she's still floating around, if I remember, and she's going past, you know, various landmarks in the city, and she's having these fond memories of, you know, her time with the Titans. Um, and uh, after this is through, um, out of nowhere, she starts getting attacked. And, of course, it is the Titans that are taking her down. Um, they've got the element of surprise on her, and uh, they, they beat her down bad. But at some point, Plasmus... Uh, overload and uh, cinder blocks show up, don't they? Yes. I don't remember how they show up, but they do. Some some crazy shit happens, and Slade's able to combine them into just one big monstrosity. Um, Terra actually runs away from the fight. The Titans they they take on this new beastie, and uh, Terra goes back to Slade, and she's all like, "Oh my god, I barely got away with my life!" Blah blah blah. Slade just backhands her across the room walks up to her, and he's like, that's nothing compared to what I'm going to do to you. Uh, when we next see Tara, her, her outfit is just torn up. She has taken a beating. Um, she's trying to get it off, and he's like, yeah, that's wired into your nervous system. That's your skin now. You are not getting that off. Let's see. Uh, back at the at the fight with the Titans and all that, um, some, some Slade bots show up. Uh, at one point, BB just gets pissed, just starts beating the shit out of everything, and uh, he's like, where's Terra? And Cyborg's like, what, these aren't enough for you? He's like, I want Terra. Um, he then disappears at that point, and the four remaining Titans, they take down the Plasmith Cinderblock overload thing. Uh, they're able to track Beast Boy via his communicator. They find out he's, like, underground. Um, Beast Boy shows up to confront Terra, and she's sobbing. She is just bawling, and she's like, you know what, I, I, you have to destroy me. I cannot control my powers anymore. Slade has control over them. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm not going to do this. Uh, Terra, being controlled by Slade, um, knocks BB down. Um, he holds his own for a good long while, uh, but eventually his foot gets caught underneath some rock, and he just can't get out. And uh, Slade, again, using Terra, uh, is about to drop a giant, like, sharp giant spike boulder right on top of bb's head that's when the other titans show up and they all take aim on Terra, and they're like if you do that that will be the last thing you do they are prepared to kill her even robin is prepared to kill her um they try to convince her that she's in control of her powers that slade is not and um let's see at some point Terra. uh yeah, she, she then takes the boulder that's hovering over BB and she throws it at Slade. She starts fighting him. Uh, things just go out of control from there. Her powers are just going crazy. Um, eventually, lava starts appearing in in the room. Um, she, she like knocks Slade off the, the side of this cliff. He comes back, beats, up, beats her up some more. At another point, Slade just sort of disappears. Do we see what happens to him? 
to Slade? Yeah, I mean, we see oh. his, we see what happens to his mask, but I don't think we see his fate. But we will find out in season four, he was knocked into the lava. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, yeah, at some point we see Slade's mask melting in the lava, but he, we, I don't think we ever see him fall in it. So yeah. I guess they kind of left it up in the air, like, did he die, did he not, but as, as, James rightfully said, yeah, yeah, he died. And they actually go back and show it. They actually do show him falling in the lava seasons later. Um, uh, Tara's telling that, you know, they're all like, they, they, they or I should say, uh, I think Cyborg's like, look, this volcano could potentially destroy the city. That's how big this thing is. We have to get out of here. So they, they try to leave. They even try to take Tara with her. And she's like, no, I can stop this, but I'm the only one that can stop it. You've got to get out of here. Uh, most of the Titans run. BB stays behind. He's like, I don't want to leave you. You know, please come with us. Um, she gives him a heartfelt hug and uh, kind of gently sends him on his way on, on a rock. Cyborg actually has to kind of grab BB and get him to run away. They run, and uh, Tara does something to stop the volcano. And when they go back down into the cooled-off area, the cooled-off now, you know, it's now a cave, um, they see Tara's body and her, her final stance, her arms are just out as if she's using her powers and she's become rock herself. And, uh, they leave flowers, uh, at her feet and they say, you know, we're going to do everything we can to try to reverse this. We will get her back. And, uh, BB puts a plaque at her feet, which says, uh, what did it say? Teen Titan, true friend or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, something along those lines, and that is the end of the episode. Unbelievably awesome. Yeah. Uh, wow. Mm. This is... Is this the only episode of Teen Titans? I mean, I, obviously, this is, like, what, 65 episodes, but yeah. is this the only episode where there is not a single moment of comedy? Not even Ooh. an exaggerated facial expression. Yeah, that's a... We're going to have to keep track looking forward. Um, because even the three-part, the end, has some humor. Um, the two-part finale of season five, not the true finale, because there's the one afterwards, which involves Tara. Um, what was that one? Calling All Titans or something like that? Mm -hmm. Titans Together or something like that? That still has a little comedy, if I remember. But yeah, this may be the only one that does not have any joke or anything, yeah. But there's no room for it at all. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was leading to that. It was just like it's. There's a reason, I guess, yeah. for that. This is the most serious episode, maybe of the entire the entire series. This is so so sad. Hmm. And uh, I just Slade. My God, dude is just brutal. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times we have to say it, but <laughs> we're gonna drive that point into the ground. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he's manipulated this whole situation he's smacking around this young girl you know he's made her think that she's made a decision and then he reveals that no i made the decision for you long time ago um yeah you really just come to realize just what a master manipulator slade truly is and uh just how frightening he is because up to this point yeah he was their scariest villain but this episode really drives home how scary he is mm -hmm. yeah um, I mean, really, the only thing I have I have to call into question is how BB was trapped with the rock. I mean, yeah, he, he had he could have changed into another animal. He could have like changed a, into a dinosaur, and yeah. it would have just fallen off his foot. 
Yep. You know, um, uh, if they had said that his foot was broken, mm-hmm. then I could buy it. I, that he couldn't shapeshift. Right. You know, I could totally buy that. But yeah. They they didn't have any any kind of exposition saying that or anything. So yeah, the only way I can justify that in my head is to say he knew he could get out, but he wanted to try to talk to her. And that was the only way he could do it, was to make her think he was trapped. I mean, it's never said. You have to read into it. doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. But it's the only thing I could think of because, yeah, he could go super small and like become like a crab and just crawl his way out or become super big like an elephant or a dinosaur and the rock would just fall away like a pebble does, you know? Yep. It, yeah, it really didn't make sense. But uh, still, really really solid episode um but there is actually an animation flub in this one it happens at least three times um you know tara has that uh the slade symbol on her chest and it's a black s on an orange background at least three times it becomes an orange s on a black background and i've never noticed that before but it's there plain as day um during during the second part of this two-parter um, but still, that's something really minor. Nothing worth truly griping over, but it's got to be pointed out. Because it's like, uh, what was that Batman episode, the Mr. Freeze one, where the logo was, where the bat was yellow on black instead of black on yellow? Yeah. Yeah, this is just one of those, wow, holy shit, what the fuck episodes all wrapped up into one that I do not know what to say about mm-hmm. this one. Um, yep. I only have a handful of notes because I was watching it you know, with, with my jaw held open the entire time. Um, even though I've seen it several times before, I always have that same reaction. Um, it's just disturbing. It's dark. It's sad. It's, it's yeah. And, and brilliantly, brilliantly written. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, watching this story arc here, I finally now understand why they ended the show the way they did. With the epilogue being the Terra episode, mm-hmm. where Beastway thinks he sees her, I still think it was a, you know, it's still a little weird to go out on that one. But I full they they never resolved this, and there was no way they could resolve it in any of the episodes leading up to that huge fight with the uh, what were they called? Um, not the Brotherhood. Was it the Brotherhood? But with yeah, Brain and Mal... Yeah. Yeah. The like, there's no way they could have squeezed this Terra episode in before that. So they had to use this as an epilogue. Um, so I, I get it now. I absolutely do. What else do you want to say about this one? I, like you, can't think of another thing to say. Yeah. This I, I, I did not want to take notes for this <laughs> one. I just yeah. wanted to be sucked into the utter brutality of this episode. Yeah. Um, do you want to do our scores then, or? Yeah, I'm okay. ready. Okay. So, let's see. Transformation. Four. I gave this one a five. Initially, I wrote a seven, but like I said, I had to drop it two points. Uh, Titan Rising. Uh, five. That one is a four from me. Winner, take all. This one gets a seven. <laughs> <laughs> that gets a six from me. Uh, Betrayal. Ten. Like I said, I could not find a single flaw in that episode. It's brutal in a good way, tears at your heartstrings, and it's got some of the most violent and awesome fight scenes, I think, in this entire show. Yeah, I I wrote down an 8, and I'm going to stay with that for now, but I have a feeling I'm going to come back to this one when we do our look back at the Titans. 
Uh, fractured. Uh, like I said, it's not quite on the level of Mixie's Pixelated for me, but I'm still giving it a 7 out of 10. Okay, this one gets a score of Larry! Um, which translates into 10. <laughs> <laughs> and Aftershock. Uh, the Robin somehow surviving and the Beast Boy being trapped did kind of take away from this, but it's still getting a 9. Yeah, I'm right there with you. The the Robin surviving, Beast Boy being trapped, and the animation flub with Tara's uh, S um, bring it down. It's just not perfect. It's really not, but so, so fucking solid. So yes, a nine. Feedback in the form of emails can be sent to feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. That's feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. Our voicemail number is 731-WFP-WFP0. 731-937-9370. And don't forget about our store, which can be found at earth2.net slash store. earth-2.net slash store. Next time on World's Finest Podcast, we'll discuss six more episodes of Teen Titans. Those being Deception, X, Betrothed, Crash, Haunted, and Spellbound. For James Doe, I'm Michael David Sims saying thank you for listening to World's Finest Podcast. (laughs) 